0: Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you.
1: Welcome to episode 47 of the F-Sharp podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. I am your co-host, Adam Henning. I am joined, as always, with co-host, certified financial planner, JD, financial expert, Tanner Bortnam. Before we jump into this episode, if you haven't yet, please like, subscribe, and leave us a review. If you have any questions or suggestions, shoot us an email at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That's podcast at Dot com And also, check us out on YouTube, search Financially Sharp Podcast, and don't forget to cl- click that bell and subscribe to our channel. Episode 47 is part two of, uh, of what we're calling kind of a, a two-part, that was terrible, two-part um, little <laughs> series, little mini-series. Um, part one uh, was episode 46, which we called you've uh, been named executor of an estate, now what? Uh, episode 47 and part two will focus on the inheriting part of the money um, and not much of the the legal side and the executor's uh, estate side, but you are the recipient. You could be an executor and still be receiving uh, uh, some money, but um, Tanner's going to walk us through this process, um, not as, as nitty and gritty as, as being... Uh, the executive of an estate, but still should be some uh, a pretty good info. So um, welcome to the episode, Tanner. I'll let you speak. Hey,
2: what's up, Adam?
1: As I take a breath. <laughs> yeah, you, d- you did a good job. Good intro. Have you perused uh, the Reddit forums for any personal finance advice?
2: I did not. <laughs> uh, the one that you offered up was enough to keep me. It oh. uh, <laughs> was enough for me for quite a while. So I'm, I'm good. Sweet.
1: No, I did hear on the radio. It has nothing to do with Reddit or personal finance, but I thought it was interesting. It does; it is financially related. But um, if you were to guess how much outstanding gift card balances are out there, what would you guess? Because I oh, heard this little fun fact today.
2: I gift card. Gift card. I have no idea. Absolutely. I mean,
1: forty-seven well, percent of Americans say that they have unused gift cards. Yeah, I'm which not amount twenty three billion. Yeah,
2: I'm not. So, oh, and, that's a lot. So think about that, right? Like someone might lose them. That make you know, mm-hmm. but also gift cards. I, I personally not a huge fan of them. I know that this has nothing to do with inheriting money. Um, but hey, I, you could be <laughs> inheriting gift cards. Um, I personally hate them because you know a lot of times you get to the point where it's like, ah, oh, it has five bucks left or something. I then change, and so you don't think about it. You end up throwing it away, or you end up not using it or whatever well someone paid let's say they put a hundred bucks on that well someone paid a hundred and you're only using 95 so you start doing that like of course companies love gift cards because oh yeah at worst they use all the money that you were given and it's a wash at best there's it's lost or there's money that's left on there and that's just a net profit like they you didn't have to do anything for that so um yeah i i think businesses absolutely love gift cards i'm I would have had no idea what to guess on the $47, 47 billion,
1: you said? 47% of America is oh, $23 20, billion. Billion. I mean,
2: yeah. I would have had no idea what the number was, but that doesn't shock me.
1: Yeah. My problem with it is, is always a, it's that obscure store that you yep. go to once a year, and you do go to it, and you're like, mm, damn, forgot the gift card. Yep. And then you don't go back till next year, and then you just keep forgetting.
2: Yeah, I have two. I mean, speaking of, I have two of them sitting in my car right now as I think about it, too. They're to a coffee place that uh, isn't... Oh, you got to use the coffee. Well, I know, but it's just it's not one that we... Te- you know, I make my coffee at home. I have an espresso machine, and that's what I like, so I never really go out for it. Katie loves Starbucks. It's not a Starbucks card, so it's like you kind of... It's a special mm. thing to go out, and then, like you said, you get there and... Uh, Forgot, took the other car or whatever, and don't have the gift card anymore.
1: Well, I'll use it in two weeks when I come to visit you. How about that? Perfect.
2: Love it. Love All it. All right. I'll keep. it All right. For let's, you. Hop <laughs> let's
1: hop in. Let's hop in. Let's. You've inherited uh, some some money, a windfall of cash. Um, well, what's Potentially. The first? Okay. Potentially. True. You can inherit. A True. Of as things. I look down your <laughs> notes, no, it's not necessarily cash. So. Yep. Mr. Smarty Pants, what's the first thing we do? Uh, well,
2: actually, the first thing is going to be really similar to um, you know anyone that listened to our our last episode. Um, is really just take some time. I mean, if you're inheriting something, again, odds are you know this person pretty well if they're giving you something. So take take some time, process, you know, help, uh, you know, be with yourself, do what you need so that you can be you know again as okay as as you can be um you know with with losing that person that w- was probably very close to you um there this is even less of a rush than the uh being the executor the previous episode we did um there really is not a huge rush on on any of this now again you don't want to drag this out for years and years by any means but the executor is going to have to put some things in motion anyways before you as the person inheriting can receive anything. So someone else, unless you're the executor, but still you got to do some steps before you can actually inherit it. Again, go listen to our, our previous episode if you want to learn more about that. But it's one of the last steps where you actually give out the funds, right? You go through all these different things as the executor. It's one of the last things of giving out the funds. So you now being the inherited, the person receiving an inheritance you have time to you know before you're ever going to have to really deal with that so don't you know don't rush into anything don't you know make any kind of knee jerk reaction impulsive decisions because it's very 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 important depending upon what you're inheriting and we're gonna walk through all these different things to consider, but it's very important that you don't step on some of these landmines that are out there that could, you know, for lack of a better term, really blow up, you know, the inheritance that you just got. You want to maximize that if someone is gonna
1: give that to you. Are you presented with a document, or what does it look like to, as we lead into the second step of taking it to, um, maybe your financial advisor? or going through your financial plan, how do you know? Is it just a phone call? Is it different for everybody or is there a document that's certified or whatever?
2: Sure. Um, I'll say cop out, it's going to be different for everybody. It's going to depend on what you're inheriting. Um, but most of the time it's not something that's super formal. Um, the most formal things you'll find, you know, if you're inheriting a, a, an investment account, for example, well, there might be a previous statement, you know, that that'd be about as formal as it gets. Here's the statement that, you know, here's the assets that you'll be inheriting um, or, you know, some sort of retirement account, something like that. Um, I guess if you're inheriting a home, getting that transferred over, that is a deed, you know, to do that. Um, so that's a formal document, but uh, typically you're not, you know, the executor isn't writing everything down and presenting you, you know, this long list of all the things you're going to get. You're, you're just going to kind of work with them on it. You're going to know you're the beneficiary of certain things. Um, and some of them you might not work with the executor on. Cause you know, again, for example, if you're, uh, beneficiary of a retirement account or an investment account you're gonna once you know that once the executor tells you that you're gonna work directly with that financial institution wherever the assets are held to get that into your name or however you decide to inherit it the executor depends but let, you know should hopefully doesn't have a lot that they have to do um in regards to that now if you're inheriting a car well it's different right you're mm-hmm. it, it it just kind of depends on the assets that, that you're getting
1: Okay, so now you know what what you're receiving. Now what?
2: Yes. Uh, well, for, so kind of step two, you've taken your, step one is take your time, right? Take your time, process everything. Um, take your time to grieve. Step two is going to be create your own financial plan if you haven't. And I always harp on this. I mean, we always talk about, it sound like a broken record, right? Every time we talk about creating a financial plan. But you need to create, I'm a huge believer in this. You need to create your own financial plan and know where you're at and pretend like you're not getting this inheritance even though you know you're gonna get something right start with here's where i'm at here's everything that i have hopefully you already have a financial plan so this would be easy if you don't pretend like you're not getting an inheritance and just look at your life where you want to be all of your situation because then once you have that a further step down here is how you implement it into your plan. That's really the last one once you know the inheritance. But you really want to know your own situation first. Again, work with an expert, someone who actually does financial planning. Every advisor out there says they do financial planning. It's crap. They don't. Find someone that actually does detailed, customized financial planning. Um, you know, That's another one, I guess, a slight, a slight little caveat here. Uh, that I've been running into a lot of is, is you know a lot of times um, you know I hear advisors or other advisors or clients that uh, you know when I'm at seminars with other advisors or or clients that uh, you know were with a different advisor and and it, it's always like well you know we use we use these models we do this we you know model this model that well you know let me ask you this right if you're gonna go to the doctor and you're 65 years old do you want them to say well You turn 65, and at 65, we start giving everyone high blood pressure medicine and cholesterol medicine and arthritis medicine and you know, blah, 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 blah. List goes on. Well, you might not need some of that, right? And you might need some other things. Like you you don't want this cookie cutter thing that you just get lumped into, but that's what my industry unfortunately is, because everyone's trying to just Serve tons and tons and tons of clients. Well, the only way you can serve tons and tons and tons of clients is by creating models and creating, you know, thing, you know, these things and these plans that you just lump everyone into. Okay, you're similar, so you're all in this category. Well, no, we want it to be customized to you. So find someone who does that in terms of your um, financial plan. So do that. Find your financial plan. And the reason I talk about this of really wanting to know where you're at and why I think it's an important step, if not maybe the most important step, is uh, 70% of wealth is lost by the second generation. And we talked about this, uh, I have it here, uh, episode 39. So 70% of wealth is lost by the second generation and over 90% is lost by the third generation. So that means we don't, as a society, do not know how to inherit assets correctly. And I think part of that is is we, whenever this happens, a lot of times people don't have their they don't have their own stuff figured out yet, right? It's just like I yeah I don't really know what my plan is. I mean you know I'm a young person or I'm a middle aged person, and I'll get to that. But I just get half a million dollars dumped in my lap. Well, if you don't know your own stuff and you don't know your own plan, how do you know that you're maximizing the value of that five hundred thousand dollars? You might use it for something, and that isn't really worth it or or it may not be the most valuable or whatever it is. And so I think that starting point really really is know your own, like know your own role and know your own financial plan and where you're at. Then you can figure out you know, all these other things in terms of the inheritance and how to maximize it and make sure you don't end up in that category of you know, squandering the the assets within a second generation or over 90% of it within the third generation.
1: I'm going to kind of do a little sidebar question here before sure. we get to the next steps, uh, yeah. step three. Uh, but th- this could be a potential huge opportunity if you have the wrong type of financial advisor f- to steer you in the wrong direction. Potentially, if you have a fall of cash, bad actors enter here.
2: Uh, uh, yes. Uh, and not only bad actors, right? We we hammer that on the, on the podcast. There are. You got to watch out for them. Um, so, yes, bad actors for sure. Uh, but I think even more dangerous is the un, you know, the the un. I don't want to say uneducated because they have licenses, but the non-experts that proclaim to be experts, the people that don't truly know what is all all the pieces and all the moving, you know, tax implications that could happen from particular types of assets that you're inheriting. And yes, we'll we'll get into some of these. And these are the landmines that you have to watch out that you need to navigate or your advisor needs to be navigating for you. And if they don't know all the rules, they could be leading you right, you know, down the land, you know, the landmine and, and you could be stepping on one of them because they didn't know it was there because they don't know all the rules. And there is a lot. There's a lot to it's a lot more than people think. It's not just getting the cash and being like, okay, we're done.
1: So leading into that, many different forms, um, not necessarily cash, but different types of trusts, setups, f- forms of assets. What do we, what do, we do? How do yep. we help determine those assets that you're inheriting?
2: Yeah. Yep. So the next step, once you know, again, once you know kind of your own financial plan and where you, where you stand on everything, then you want to find out what are you inheriting, so you need to determine the type of asset. This is very, very key, uh, a key step in knowing you know, what the next step's really gonna be, which is the tax implications of all of it and how it should fit into your plan. But the first thing you need to understand is, how are you inheriting this, right? So uh, the first kind of branch or fork down the road is, are you the spouse or are you not a spouse? If you're a spouse, almost everything that you inherit there are a few caveats, but pretty much anything that you inherit, you, you don't have to worry about a lot of these landmines, right? Because you're the spouse. It just gets moved over into your name, not tax implications. You know, basically, that that's a pretty easy path. Um, Do you have that, to be
1: listed or is that just assumed? Uh,
2: it depends. Again, hopefully you're listed. That makes it quite awkward if you're not. Um, hopefully, again, <laughs> we're... We're going to walk down the path of assuming that the person that passed away had a good estate plan in order. Um, okay. if, if they do not have a good state plan in order, all bets are off. It makes it even more difficult to know how things would play out because now you're in uh, probate. If they didn't have a will, you're in intestate, which is the state and the state doesn't take the money. It just the state has a set of rules. And since that person didn't choose how they wanted their assets to be distributed, it follows these generic state rules, and so we're not going to get into the super weeds on that. So we're just going to assume they had a good estate plan, and so if you're the spouse, you're gonna you're gonna get you know the assets. It, it the transition will be easier. If you're someone else, this becomes significantly more important. Is it in a trust, or is are you getting it free from the trust, just a regular distribution, um, you know, outright to you? Uh, and then another thing to think about is, is sometimes people leave. A request for the funds you know if it's in a trust they can you know demand that the funds are used for XY or Z but if it's just given to you if it's cash 10,000 cash and they say I would like this to be used uh, you know towards XY or Z for your life do you honor that do you not honor that that's up to you there is no legal requirement for you to honor it but that is what their wishes were so that's something you have to consider um, so you got to figure out how you're inheriting it and then kind of while doing that, the same thing is, is what type of asset is it, right? Like, is it social security? So again, if you're a surviving spouse, you're going to get that. If, if you're not a surviving spouse, social security is going to go away again with a couple caveats there of kids that are you know, under 18. Um, is it a non-retirement asset like life insurance, homes, cars, regular investment accounts, businesses, all your household goods, Uh, checking, savings, CDs, things like that. Non-retirement accounts, that's one category. Is it a retirement account? IRA, Roth, IRA, 401k, 457s, pensions, TSPs, anything like that, that's a retirement account. That's a different category. And then there's a third category, which has its own weird rules, which is an annuity. Are you inheriting an annuity? Um, So you need to determine what is it that you're getting. Because once you know that, then you can know how these, you know, the next step, which is what is the tax implications going to be and how should you inherit it, you know, to maximize the value in it. Hmm.
1: You spend a lot of time transferring funds for this type of stuff in your day to day of just having retirement accounts being transferred just due to estates and.
2: Um. I have not so far in my career. I've been very blessed. I've had uh, only two clients pass away, um, so very good, healthy clients, um, which is great because that's it's not you know not a fun time obviously for their family or or for myself. I you know a lot of my clients, I've become like a you know adopted nephew almost. Um, so, I haven't personally had a bunch of these yet in my career, but. Again, if the estate is set up, uh, if the estate plan is set up well, yeah, you have to transfer accounts and do different things, but it's not, it's not a ton of work. And the you know the financial institutions help with it, and you have to fill out some paperwork and different things, but um, that's it. It's usually not. uh, It's that part is not the burden. The burden is just making sure that you 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 do it correctly and you maximize the value. And again, don't step on one of these landmines and and miss something or do something. And now all of a sudden you have this huge tax bill and you're giving a lot more money to the government than you ever really needed to. That's what
1: we're trying to avoid. Which leads us into the next one, correct?
2: Yeah. Yep. So now we're into the taxes. This is the, you know, kind of meat and potatoes of it. Cause this is how most of the decisions will likely be made on how the inherited assets can best be implemented into your own plan. So again, we hit on it, the spouse. If you're the spouse, you get what's called a, um, oh, I'm blanking on this, a spousal rollover. Wow, that was not, that was not difficult. Um, it's a spousal Didn't rollover. Didn't take you very long. Well, it should have been there right <laughs> away. Um, so it's a spousal rollover. And all that means is, you know, again, I'll use Katie and I, right? If I pass away, Katie gets to take my retirement accounts, add them to hers, and just pretend like they're always hers. No taxes, nothing done. It just adds to hers and now her accounts are combined, right? No taxes yet. And it's treated like hers. She doesn't have to worry about the fact that I'm older, anything like that. They're now just her accounts. So a lot less complex. Um, the only... Time that you're really going to run into this is is if there's a really old estate plan. I have seen this a few times and in and, and dealt with it. Uh, just back when the estate planning rules were different, people created trusts for different reasons. We're not going to get into the weeds of that, um, but that could cause it if you're working with you know a really like let's say you, you know grandma and grandpa. Are, you're getting an inheritance from grandma and grandpa, and they did their estate plan a long time ago, and one of them passed away you know, 20 years ago, and now the other one passes away now. Well, that could have, you know, kind of locked some things in 20 years ago and the first one passed away that could cause this to be a little bit different. Um, Actually, never mind. That's a terrible example. I apologize to everyone listening because I was talking about a spouse. That would be a grandkid. So uh, that'd be grandma. Anyways, you're really probably not going to run into this anymore. Let's just leave it at that. Um, What were you trying to get to? Well
1: no just what was the point you were trying to make
2: There there are specifics I'm trying not to get too much into the weeds and explains but there, there are certain situations where depending upon how a state plan is set up for different very very small percentage of families that need to do certain things it may it may not just be as easy as a as a spousal rollover there may be things that are in trust that are you know kind of locked in and and they're they're set down their path already before the new rules came in effect and so because of that they they have to operate under those old rules which anyways it's too much into the weeds it, we're, we're gonna move on as this just remember this as the spouse you likely are treasure yeah as the spouse <laughs> you you get the spousal rollover just add it to your to your stuff um, Social security if you are the spouse again you will get this. Uh, but you don't get both. You're going to get the higher of either yours or your spouse's. You get one. Mm. Whichever one's higher, the lower one goes away. Social Security will automatically calculate that out for you and give you the higher of the two. Now, if you're not the spouse, this is where the taxes become really, really important. First, you need to figure out, is there any inheritance tax owed on this? And this is going to be from a state inheritance tax purpose. Sometimes states will incorporate uh, implement this on where the person passed away. other states mm. will implement it on where you the person inheriting live. So you have to determine do you owe any inheritance tax first off um, not a lot of states do it I think it's 15 or less I, the number 14 six in my head for some reason but it's not majority of them but some of them still do. There are federal inheritance taxes but the the exclusion on that is so high that you're if if you're in that bracket you already know what these rules are because you're doing co- very very comprehensive estate planning work to make sure that you pay as little taxes as possible. I mean we're talking 40 50 million plus estates and and if you're in that category clearly you 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 should know all of these things already. Um or your advisors, whoever you are working with, yep, definitely yep, should Yep, that have sounds familiar. It. Yep, yep, <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> um, so, uh, if you again, if you are not the spouse, so let's just pretend you are the you are the kid, right? You are the child getting an inheritance. So, Social Security is going to go away. You don't get that um, for non-retirement. Remember these three categories: non-retirement accounts. Regular, uh, regular retirement accounts and then annuities are kind of the three big categories we talked about before. So non-retirement accounts. Uh, think of this like a home or a regular investment account, right? Uh, they get what's called a stepped-up cost basis. So if uh, you know my parents own a home and they bought it for, uh, make up some numbers, they bought it for $200,000. And when they pass away, if it's now worth $400,000, let's say it's doubled in value, they that $200,000 of gain, if they sell the home, they would have gain. Now, again, there's an exclusion on that, but regardless, they'd have gain. Um, whereas if I inherit that, we get a stepped-up cost basis. So the cost basis goes up and now matches that $400,000. So I would inherit it, my sister would inherit it at $400,000, and we would not uh, owe any taxes on that. That works with stocks too, right? So while we're talking about this as inheriting, slight caveat, this is also why it's super important to work with a person that knows a ton about taxes and all of this when you're in your retirement years to make sure you're not selling the wrong things too because there's a huge implication on that of what what you want to keep that's a great inheritance vehicle and what you want to sell and what you don't want to sell based on what gets a stepped up cost basis and all of this. So non-retirement accounts, Get the stepped-up cost basis. You will not owe any taxes on those types of accounts. Good with that? Yep. All right. Next category, retirement accounts. We're going to split this into two subcategories, pre-tax and Roth. So pre-tax, right? No one has paid taxes on this money yet. Again, I'm just going to keep rolling with my parents. My parents, uh, in my hypothetical, let's say they have a, a 401k and, or, a, or an IRA. Let's just use that. They have an IRA, traditional IRA. No one's paid taxes on it yet. As they are in retirement, they're taking money out of the IRA. They pay taxes on it. If they pass away and there is still money in there and it gets inherited by myself and my sister, um, we will owe the taxes on that now. We have under current rules, which again, depends upon when you're watching this, if it's years down the road, they can always change. But under current rules, you have 10 years to get the funds out of there. That's the new kind of RMD required minimum distributions. You have 10 years to get all the money out of there. So again, this is why it's important to plan and strategize the best years and the best way to how are you going to piecemeal that to get that out of there and pay the least amount of taxes. You probably don't want to just take it all out in one lump sum that's going to throw you up into a higher tax bracket. You're going to pay more taxes than if you just take little pieces out over 10 years. Um, but taxes are owed on that. So you will owe taxes. If, if you pass away with with money that's in a pre-tax account, someone's paying those taxes. It's just whoever inherits it that's going to be paying them. Now, flip side of the Roth, you've already paid those taxes. So when I, you know, again, my parents, now if they have a Roth IRA and we inherit it, We won't pay any taxes on that because they've already paid them. It is the single greatest inheritance vehicle is a Roth IRA because no one will pay taxes on that money. And typically when kids are inheriting money from their parents or the the next generation down, they're usually, not always, but usually in their 40s and 50s and at the peak of their careers making the most amounts of money. So they're already in a higher bracket. So to get a Roth is great because you can take that money out. Again, you have to take it out within 10 years. You can take it out, have a good strategy, but again, not as important because there's no taxes owed. So you can take that out kind of whenever you want, but it has to be out within the 10 years on that one as well. But amazing, amazing inheritance vehicle is the Roth IRA. Okay. Second of which, Follow closely, I guess. Second, by the stepped-up cost basis, because you all of those taxes go away as well on any homes, you know, uh, stocks that have appreciated in value. Those things that are outside of retirement accounts. Now, the oddball of the group, not to get again too much into the weeds on this, but annuities. This is why. I despise annuities for the most part. We've talked about this, right? We have, I don't, I didn't look that one up. I guess we have an episode on annuities. Go back and listen to them. Annuities themselves- I can serve a
1: purpose, I'll look it up.
2: Perfect. Annuities themselves are fine. They have a role, they have a purpose. The problem with them is they are oversold because they are high commission products and the advisors who tend to do that don't understand taxes because they always seem to put them in the dumbest accounts possible. And I just sit there and I see like, I just saw another one with a different client that we're working through. And I'm just, I just want to like just scream at how stupid this is because they're going to end up paying double the amount of tax that they otherwise would have. If their previous advisor just understood taxes from just a little bit, you don't have to be a CPA, Just, just a teeny bit that you understand some taxes and would have put it in the correct account. But nope, they put it in a regular account. So here, let's go over this, right? Annuities have their own rules. If an annuity is inside of a retirement account, then the same rules will apply as what we talked about with a traditional IRA or a Roth, right? If it's in traditional, you owe the taxes on it because no one's paid. If it's in a Roth, which no one should ever put an annuity in a Roth anyways, That would be stupid, (laughs) Um, but if it is in there,
1: I'm stupid. uh, Well,
2: no, because annuities tend to be sold as safer. And if people on podcasts can't, uh, well, obviously can't see me. I'm doing air quotes as I say safer, um, as safer investments. And a Roth is your best growth vehicle because you're never going to pay taxes on any of that growth. So you know, why why would you would you would you put a CD that's going to earn you four percent in a Roth? No, you're going to put something in there that's going to get you eight, nine, ten because it's growth. You want to grow that money because you don't pay taxes on it. So you don't put things that aren't going to go up very much that are safer inside of a Roth. You can put that into a traditional IRA. That's fine. Do that instead. Put you know, make the safer stuff, the traditional IRA and make your more aggressive part of your portfolio into the Roth. Anyways, if it is in a Roth, it's tax free. If it is in it's a traditional super safe. If it's in a traditional IRA, you're going to owe taxes on that just like you would if you inherited any other type of IRA, traditional IRA. Now, the part that I was alluding to a little bit ago that annoys me to no extent is when an annuity is sold in a regular investment, you do not get a stepped up cost basis. What did I say was the second greatest thing? The stepped up cost basis. you know, the Roth and then the stepped up cost basis. With an annuity, tax rules are you do not get a stepped up cost basis when the person passes away. You owe all of that as ordinary income, all of the gains. So if there's $100,000 of gains inside this, $100,000 of not even capital gains, ordinary income. Never, never, I probably shouldn't say that or can't. I have never come across a situation <laughs> that an annuity, as a regular investment, is a good strategy because of that tax burden. That you're like, why would you do that again? Why, like, I just don't understand. At worst, at worst, you buy ETFs or something else that is also safer or income, like income uh, ETFs, anything, and and if it grows like that you pay capital gains. Plus you get a stepped up cost basis for your beneficiaries. Or you go put in an annuity and you lose both of those. You pay higher regular income tax and your beneficiaries are going to pay that income tax. Like it just doesn't make sense. But ironically, see it quite often. So if you happen to inherit one of those like that, sorry, ordinary income, you got to pay it. Um, Clear as mud. There's a lot. I well, mean,
1: no, it's clear, but it means they can't really do anything about it. So, if well, you're putting that together, don't make that mistake for the people that you're.
2: Well, correct, correct. In this and story. and hopefully this episode is not only you know it's geared towards people inheriting the assets, but anyone that's listening that right. may be creating an estate plan. These are things you want to think of so that you're helping set up the next generation to. To be able to inherit it in the best way possible, because yeah, you're very, you're very, uh, right, Adam. If if you buy an annuity inside of a regular investment account, your beneficiaries they're stuck. They don't get a, they don't get a chance to try to inherit that efficiently. They're just, they're screwed. I mean, for lack of a better term, they're just they're screwed with it. So thanks, Grandma. You screwed me well, with
1: your annuity.
2: Here's the other <laughs> aspect with that. I say that. I, I I say that, but then it it, it also, that's not accurate because I'm also a very firm believer that any inheritance is a gift and you should be grateful for what you get.
1: Yeah, see your first line item there. Right. Now,
2: <laughs> oh, wait, to, to I do another... Know. You said it
1: earlier. Right. But to do
2: another devil's advocate to my devil's advocate, I don't know anyone who wants to give more money to the government in their estate plan. I, I, I haven't met a person yet that's like, yes, I would love to send more money to the government rather than my beneficiaries. So it is important. It, it is important, right? Be grateful for whatever inheritance you get. But also, let's make sure that we maximize that inheritance that you do get and honor that person so that it makes your life the best that it can be. And for anyone who's working on their estate plan, whatever your age is, think about that as well. How do I set this up so that my beneficiaries can inherit this and that they get the maximum value out of it rather than some of it or more than what is necessary is going to pay taxes? Because it's not like it's going to some philanthropic place. It's just going to pay taxes. That's it. It's just tax difference. So let's get more money. You know, Let's work with a good advisor, create a really good plan, and think through these things so that you and your family or your beneficiaries, whoever they are, keep as much of the money as possible rather than giving it back in taxes. I think everyone would probably agree with that.
1: Fair. Yeah, well, all right. I mean, you, don't think the, you don't think the government's philanthropic?
2: Uh, no. Uh, and also, I probably shouldn't say everyone. I think the government would love to get more taxes. So oh. everyone besides the government would appreciate a well Planned out estate plan and financial plan that both the person who passes away has already impl- implemented to make it easier and more effective for the beneficiaries, and then the beneficiaries do their part to make sure that they are inheriting it as efficiently and at the best that they can to maximize the value. It's it, it's a you know it's two parties you know. I mean, more than two parties, but two parts that have to come together and work on this to make sure that the family or the group or whoever your beneficiaries are gets the most amount of money rather than just sending it to taxes.
1: I'm going to let you think of anything else that you want to add in the episode as I recap the five steps we went over.
2: No. <laughs> what? I don't no, have anything no, okay. else to add, so go. you can recap it. Well, maybe good. I'll spark something oh, for you. Touché.
1: <laughs> uh okay, how to correctly inherit money according to that man. Uh five step process. You could coin that, make a book or something. Um probably should. <laughs> step 1, take time. Uh take time, don't rush. Uh second thing, create or go through your financial plan with an expert, which is important. I think we say that in just about every episode. Uh, step three, determine the types of assets you're inheriting, whether it's in a trust, um, social security, non-retirement asset, uh, retirement asset, or annuity. And then four, understand the tax implication of each asset. Taxes, taxes, taxes. You I think you said meat and potatoes. Um, Roth is the greatest vehicle ever, ever created, ever made.
2: I didn't say um, it. You did, but... I I won't. Oh, I think. I, I no. You can say how it. How did you phrase I, that? I I, think I I've won't
1: come across.
2: <laughs> yeah. I I won't. Uh, I won't contradict you. How's that sound?
1: Okay. That sounds. I'm not the one on the hook, so I guess I can say it. Yep. Perfect. Uh, and finally, incorporate your plan. So. Um, did you come up with anything during that beautiful recap that I just did? No, that
2: was so lovely. I think oh. we should just end on that.
1: Sounds good. Hopefully your your parents didn't uh, throw that annuity in, in a Roth. And, or they, outside? No, See, I didn't in. learn anything.
2: Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're going to have to go back and re-listen to the episode.
1: All right. Um, Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening. That's all we have for episode 47. Uh, We hope this episode has been helpful. As always, thanks for listening. If you haven't yet, please like, subscribe and leave us a review. If you have any questions or suggestions, shoot us an email at podcast at com. That's podcast at com. Until next time, thank you, loyal listeners. Stay financially sharp.
0: This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com.
2: Nice one. How is that? I like it. I like it. Well done.